Hey guys, I'm Jonathan Hilliard from Connects Media and host of Atlanta Born and Brand. We understand that many of you are struggling, and we want to help the community of business owners that we've grown to know and love over the last two years. Right now, we're all in a season of uncertainty with the virus, and the small businesses in our community need your support more than ever. That's why we've pivoted our show into a new campaign called Lift ATL 2020. We're going to do everything we can to help the businesses that have been on our show over the last two years, and that includes reintroducing them here on our podcast platform. We've also started a GoFundMe account where you can contribute, and after every $500 we raise, we'll donate to a new business. And finally, we want to offer some tangible steps that you can take to help each and every one of these businesses. Today we're going to spotlight Elliot Hall, owner of Firemaker Brewery. We followed Elliot and the Firemaker team from the beginning, construction all the way to the opening. Unfortunately, as they were getting ready to fully launch into business, COVID-19 came through in full force. But it has been so amazing to see how each of these businesses has pivoted during this time, Firemaker included. Here are a few ways you can help now. Firemaker has to-go beer and seltzers currently available at their taproom. They will be donating a portion of all proceeds to the Giving Kitchen and Bottle Share and all tips go to their hourly staff. Gift cards and gear are also available for purchase in the tap room. And the full Firemaker Beer Gear Store is available online at www.firemakerbeergear.com. Lastly, 100% of all online profits from the Firemaker's Drink Local shirt will be donated to one charity of the public's choice. You can recommend a charity for them to choose by going to Instagram and commenting on Firemaker Brewery Update Episode 17 post with the name of a charity and why it's important to you. If you know of a small business in need of help at this time, please share their story with us. Use the hashtag LiftATL2020. We are building a database of social media posts, graphics, and audio clips for you to download, share, and use how you see fit. We hope all of you will latch onto this cause and share the needs of those in our community. For more information, visit liftatl2020.com. From Connects Media, this is Atlanta Born and Brand. I'm your host, Jonathan Hilliard. Atlanta Born and Brand is a show all about businesses that are being built right here in the capital of the South. But more importantly, it's a show about their founders. We wanted to find some of the city's most interesting entrepreneurs and creators, hear about their challenges, successes, and how they built a brand that will last. But more importantly, we want to introduce these founders, brands, and businesses to the city they live in, their neighbors, to make sure Atlanta and the brands they call it home can thrive for generations to come. Today, we change gears, and we embark on a journey with a local entrepreneur that is sure to provide incredible insight. Firemaker Brewing Company is a brand new Atlanta business. In fact, they haven't even opened their doors to the public yet. But after hearing a little about their story, we thought it was an amazing opportunity to follow a brand through its infancy. In the first of our multi-part series, we sat down with the company's owner, Elliot Hall, and talked with him about the origins of the business, the brand, and what the near future holds for Firemaker Brewing. Without further ado, we present part one of a brand new series, The Brand is Born. Tell me first, Elliot, you know, we were talking a little bit before we came on the air. Uh, Atlanta is sort of in your blood 
from from day one. Tell me a little bit about your upbringing and what what the city in, in general means to you. Well, I uh, I, I grew up and I've always been around the greater Atlanta area, except except for a little bit of time um, around college and a bit in high school. But uh, I grew up on uh, the south side of Atlanta, mm-hmm. Fayette County, and uh, <laughs> I've always been coming into the city. It was always like a treat. Yeah. get to come into the city, you know, out of the suburbs and stuff like that. Likewise. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, those were cool trips with family or field trips or whatever. And um, after college, I moved back to the city and I've lived all over the, uh, I wouldn't call it the greater Atlanta, or pretty much in the city, Bindings, Smyrna, West Side now, uh, Buckhead, Briarwood. And, uh, you know, when I knew I wanted to open a business, it, I couldn't imagine another city. It's just, hmm. this is home, so... What was career, uh, your career like for you pre-business owner? Um, okay, so I've been in the Georgia alcohol industry for close to a decade now. Yeah. And longer if you count throwing parties in college and stuff like that. <laughs> um, not always with the yeah. right permitting uh, right. back then. Um, but uh, after college, I got a job at United Distributors, which is a wholesaler hmm. in, uh, in all of the state of Georgia. And that was probably one of the best learning experiences I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if everybody knows how it works, but there's a in Georgia there's a three tier system in the alcohol industry. You got the first tier is like breweries, wineries, distilleries. Second tier is wholesalers or distributors, like United was, and then you have third tier is gas stations, restaurants, grocery stores, anywhere you can walk in and, and buy uh, product as a consumer. Right. And so the distributor, they sell all their products to these bars and restaurants, grocery stores. And that was my, my first uh, job into it. It was an entry-level job, job right out of college. And uh, I still didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I was enjoying the alcohol industry. And during that time is when I started to gravitate towards craft beer. Um, <laughs> course i made a little bit more money than i did in my you know little part-time jobs in college so i could afford some better beer craft beer was starting to gain a little bit momentum momentum in 2010 2011 and uh i got to work with a lot of craft breweries with that job because a distributor has a huge portfolio they sell united in general i mean they sold sweetwater jack daniels they sold the big boys like miller and coors and stuff like that but they also picked up a lot of uh, smaller breweries um, as they launched in Atlanta. So I got to see you know, some of those uh, launch and uh, I really felt like the craft beer side of the supplier side is where I, I knew I kind of wanted to be. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so that was, that was several years of that and uh, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family hmm. and I always knew I wanted to start a business really since the, my, my dad's company is, it was started the year I was born, so it's the same age as me, and it started in a, a room, probably about as big as, as a studio, yeah. and it was in it was off the garage. It was just like a little room he built, and it was a construction company, yeah. and uh, so I've been doing that, you know, digging trenches and uh, <laughs> building walls and hammering and nailing and stuff like that since I was very young, yeah. and I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur because I couldn't imagine it a different way, <laughs> and so... Going into college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to go to college and right. have a good time and stuff like that. And getting on with the distributor and getting a taste of the craft beer world through that is where I was like, that's where I want to be. How was your family uh, growing up as far as that entrepreneurial spirit? Were they encouraging that in you? Was it a situation where your dad was kind of like, 
hey, don't do this. <laughs> Run as fast as you can in the other direction. <laughs> yeah. What was the vibe there? Uh, my parents were always very good at making sure, you know, you did what you wanted to do. They yeah. were a very open-minded uh, family. And, uh, you know, you, you pursue your, your dreams, <laughs> your goals and ambitions. But what was expected was whatever. You need to be doing something. It was yeah. hard work. I mean, that if I could sum up sum it up it was it was hard work and you know have a goal have a drive and they really instilled that in me at a young age and yeah. when he started this company i mean like i said it was it was tiny it was him and my mom and uh, a couple of people came on pretty early but yeah. mean, they they started with very little it would we were not i don't want to say poor by any means but it was it was humble yeah. you know tight you know, they had a goal and a vision that they wanted to pursue sure and, Working class. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, bologna sandwiches, hand me down. Stuff like <laughs> yes. That. Um, and they uh, <laughs> they really taught me. Construction in general teaches you to see something that's not there, and then teaches mm-hmm. you how to make it a reality. Yeah. And that's what I learned from them. And uh, they really pushed it. They they taught me a lot. So I'm sure they wanted me to probably be an entrepreneur. I come from yeah. a long line. My grandfather was an entrepreneur. My my uncle is an wow. entrepreneur and sister-in-law now and a couple other extended family members. So it was always around. And yeah. uh, the biggest thing, though, is they knew how much work it took and how much hard work it would be. So they didn't want me to do something I only kind of liked. Right. So that's why I don't want to say they were always pushing towards entrepreneurship. It was more like, figure out what you want to do, and then maybe you can figure out a way to start your own business with it. So your experience at United, uh, you kind of... You're there in the middle of this sort of Georgia beer revolution. You know, we've sort of talked to, um, you know, I've heard this, the, the story that the guys at Sweetwater tell that the craft beer scene and the, uh, you know, the, the beer scene in general in Georgia was very much so dominated by the big boys until relatively fairly recently you know kind of like that like you were saying that 2010 and on Mm -hmm. what was uh what was the the beer culture in atlanta and in georgia as you were working for this distributor and did you see that momentum starting to build uh, in the craft industry oh yeah absolutely it was sort of like uh (laughs) it was sort of like when craft beer became like a a term that everyone knew i mean that was sort of the first step and then you're like Wow, Georgia doesn't really have that many. If you if you start right. thinking about it, and uh, you know, laws have changed since then, which has allowed a lot of uh, new breweries to open up and things sure. like that. Um, but you saw a lot of other states, and and while I was at, it was kind of neat. So I started home brewing um, while I was at United, right as this whole time was taking place. Mm-hmm. And once I started home brewing, uh, me and me and my wife actually girl, girlfriend at the time, uh, and she's been a huge support through all of this. Uh, probably couldn't have done it without her to yeah. this point. Um, we started taking, you know, uh, trips to go see other breweries and things like that. Once it started, became, you know, a, a dream. You know, long off, way, yeah. way down the road. But seeing other states and where their craft beer industry was at, and then coming back to Georgia and working in the alcohol industry, you kind of got to see like where it was gonna go, and you got to see like, okay, wow, the laws changed. So you see some more smaller breweries starting up. Um, also, the the bigger breweries are starting to, uh, you know. Uh, they're starting to spread regionally, and uh, also you're seeing some that got in as production breweries now kind of you know changing their models a little bit to be more taproom oriented, and it's it's just such a neat momentum to see because before 
I don't think people really looked at craft breweries, and I was right there at the cusp. You know, like I was, I was still in college. I was drinking cheap beer in college, so I was really there at the cusp. But <laughs> as most of us in college do, yeah, you know, I'd, <laughs> I'd hope. You know, like yeah, I was going to part-time exactly. jobs to help. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, it was neat to see it take off. And honestly, I still think Georgia is a great market. I, I think we're. We are definitely behind other states um, as far as amount of breweries. I mean, North Carolina has 350, Florida, wow. I believe around 200, and I think we just passed like 82 hmm. um, that are actually open. There's plenty, um, us included, um, that still aren't, you know, still in planning. Yeah. Uh, so we'll probably break 100 here in the next uh, year, but I, I think uh, Atlanta's uh, collective knowledge too of craft beer, like people are searching for certain types of beers, people are asking for them on tap handles. This has been happening for a while, but yeah. it's really allowed people to take that that step into opening a craft brewery. Yeah. So you're working, you're working at United year on the dis- distribution end, and you said you kind of knew that your future was in the supplier side, mm-hmm. but thinking that and making those first steps to do it are, are, it seems like that's a pretty big chasm sometimes, right? So what were those, those initial steps that you took that, or maybe that kind of tipping point where you're like, all right, here we go. This is what I have to do first. Okay. Um, so, uh, growing up a small uh, entrepreneurial family, which which now has, has done very well, and they're actually pretty large <laughs> business now. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I got to see that growth, which was cool. But anyways, I saw that you you know you have to plan, and nothing happens overnight. You can't just right. run out and quit your job and stuff like that. Yeah. I had a very and, and actually some entrepreneurs do. They they have savings and they're like, ah, you know, I took the leap. <laughs> Mine was much more like we're gonna plan this out. We're gonna yeah. figure it out over several years and. Uh, I was home brewing, uh, I think, you know, with my wife and with friends, and it was like really late. We we knew we were like doing these really late nights, and we were choosing to do that instead of watch Netflix hmm. and and things. And I was kind of like, I think this might be it. You know, this this might be what we do. Like, and, yeah. and my wife's like, Yeah, I can totally see you doing this. You know, and she's <laughs> she's in the medical industry, but um, she's like, Yeah, I think, and she was always passionate about that. So it was neat finally see me find my thing and she's you know super yeah. supported it and then it was like all right well, well what do we do and that's when I was talking about like we started planning our vacations around it we went and saw what breweries were doing things that we liked things mm-hmm. that we wouldn't do um but still trying to learn as much as we could I started reading immensely I was reading anything about starting a business uh how to how to manage a business how to uh, uh you know hire employees and then down to autobiographies on people in the beer industry, autobiographies and just people in the business industry. So it was a, we have to, you can say you want to be whatever you want to be or you want to start a business, but until you really start to prove it, not only to yourself, but to other people, um, that's, I think the challenge is, you know, we all like, especially when we're younger, we like fall into something we think we like and it lasts a month or six months. This after a few years, we're like, this is what we're going to do. This is it. Yeah. And so then it was just about, continuing that process and seeing what the end goal was um, and how how to get there and how to get there is a long story <laughs> it's, a, it's a long uh, long lot of steps a lot of uh, a lot of uh, um, failures and letdowns and stuff like that that you got sure. you got to get back from so uh, I guess when you're you're asking me like how, to, how do you get to that just be prepared for uh, people to not uh, believe in you or say no I don't think that'll right. work and stuff like that and, and then tons yeah. of support too tons of people uh, who are like rooting for you Yeah. but uh, we me I, I sat down and I was like alright well 
maybe I can do this by the time I'm 40, you know, but I have to, you know, you have to have a job, you got to pay the bills. So it was like, all right, well, just keep working on that. And you start putting together a business plan and you start thinking of locations. You start thinking of, you know, what kind of brewery do you want to open? Do you want to be a huge production brewery or is that really not the model anymore? Do you want to be tap room focused? Do you want 20 employees? Do you want to keep it lighter with just a few employees? Right. You really need to ask yourself all those questions and talk to other breweries and, one thing I really liked about this industry was, uh, I don't know if we can, can we cuss on this? Sure. <laughs> yeah, so uh, there's a saying that like it's 80% asshole free. <laughs> so uh, every, it's pro- I believe it's more than that, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> but that's like kind of the, the saying that gets bounced around sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, most breweries that I've ever reached out to have been super helpful. Sure. Um, you know, I've gone and like looked at ones for like, you know, plumbing layouts and things yeah. like that. And, and so I can pass it along to, you my guys now so uh it's very much a, a community that it feels like the you know this the saying a rising tide lifts all lifts all boats right uh, definitely and it's it seems like you know it's it's i guess other brewers and, and business owners they can see themselves in other in other you know starting companies and um, people that are opening breweries and it's hard to see yourself in somebody else and then say nah i don't want to help you <laughs> you know, I think that's like, exactly. I'll take a step back, you know, because, you know, you kind of feel a sense of responsibility to, that's, you know, here's what I've learned, you know, go take take this knowledge and do with it what you will, as long as hey, you pay that forward to the next guy, right? I think you summed it up perfectly, yeah. and it, it, that sense of responsibility is like, uh, also just like whatever you do, don't make this mistake. Like hmm. you know, you you want to kind of like prepare people like yeah. around the corner. Uh, for, for what they might not be seeing or, right. or, or anticipating. And then also, you know, uh, you're, you're learning from each other. So mm-hmm. you're going to help somebody or somebody's going to come help you on a Tuesday. Next week they might be asking you for a recommendation exactly. or a reference. And it's a, it's a close community. It's, uh, uh, you said it perfectly, rising, rising tides. Yeah, exactly. So what, give me a, t- a time frame. When were you starting to take those, those brewery vacations and, and how long was it? From there to, to where we are now, uh, several years. Yeah, <laughs> several years. Yeah. It's a journey. Uh, yeah. Um, so you know, I was home brewing for a long time. Yeah. Uh, when I was home brewing, we actually, and this is kind of the, when we started realizing this could really be a thing, is we started doing like these out of our garage. We would do these. I'm big into uh, jogging too, mm-hmm. and we do these like charity 5Ks because you see other breweries do yeah. it. So like as a home brewer, yeah. like oh, I want to do that. So <laughs> we get, we get like if first it was you know. And just a few friends and family, and you know, we collect a little bit of money and we donate to some charity. And mm. But then, like after you know, a few times, you know, it got bigger, and we we're like, okay, all right, we're we're starting to get there. Um, so, sorry to answer your question, I'm getting off trap, off off topic. But to answer your question, um, it took several years, a lot of long nights, a lot, lot of studying, and just uh, a lot of realizing what you were good at and weren't good at. Right. So, I became a pretty avid home brewer. I, I built this crazy engineered monstrosity of like an all grain gravity fed system yeah it was around half a barrel like uh, 15 and a half gallons of beer right and that was a lot moving from like you know that's a big homebrew setup yeah yeah Yeah. um we actually had to put metal panels up in my garage because it almost like touched the top uh, (laughs) of the ceiling so we'd have to like i would always like 
I don't want it to catch on fire. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, like, I know the neighbors would look over a few times because this thing was built out of wood and have the you know, stainless steel pots that are huge. Right. And they, they and, you know, Breaking Bad was huge right then. So I definitely <laughs> had a neighbor walk over and go, like, what are you doing over here? And I was like, we're making drugs. <laughs> we're brewing beer. <laughs> so uh, You decide. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Uh, no, that's hilarious. I'm not sure where I was going with that, but it... It took several years yeah. of just just different things, and then and then convincing people because, uh, you know, I I didn't have the money to uh, hmm. start a brewery completely on my own, so you got to look for sure. investors and, and and things like that. So uh, well, and that kind of takes me to where I was going next. I think as an entrepreneur, one of the the big moments for us is when you have something something that you feel passionate about and that you're all in on. In that first person who you see that same sort of confidence Mm -hmm. in your idea, like that's a big moment, I Mm -hmm. think, for a lot of us. That's just that validation that we need to really kind of push through and and deal with some of the, the, you know, for lack of a better word, trash that you have to deal with in like starting something up. What was that moment for you? Who were the the first people? Whether it's you know one of your uh, you know team members now or an investor that that kind of gave you that extra confidence and that boost to, to really get it get it going? I would have to say it was probably uh, my family hmm. because cause they knew how hard it was. They yeah. really knew how hard it was. They, you know, they, I mean, I'm sure there was times uh, uh, they were like, what am I doing? You know, like way back in the day. And, and then my brother took over that company. Uh, um, he, he's a bit older than me. And he, he took over that company. As, as, um, my dad did well, and now he's done well, as, uh, as of course. And... So you're kind of you're always looking for validation from your yeah. family, yeah. and uh, they definitely you know they they when they started going like yeah he could do this you know <laughs> like that was sort of the like the what I needed because they they were real they they'd been there they they knew how hard it was and so once yeah. they started going you know they could do it and then they saw you know supporting my wife was and uh, so like my dad and my brother just being behind it of course everyone in my family my mom and my, my sister. Um, uh, that was pretty cool. That yeah. was when I was like, all right. And then, you know, I was like, your family's supporting you. So, right. uh, you know, they're always going to be there for you, but they're also always going to be honest with you. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And I think family dynamics are, are super strange sometimes because if you have a family who is not entrepreneurial, not entrepreneurial at all, I think it can be super difficult sometimes because they're predisposed to keep you safe, right? So then anything that involves any sort of risk, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah, don't do that, mm-hmm. you know? And you kind of have to push back and say, no, this is what I want to do. But it's cool that you kind of had the opposite of their the confidence that they showed in you really yeah. um, contributing. Yeah. Well, I did have to convince them. Yeah. Uh, like they, you could tell they were rooting for it, but... Once again, like I was saying, when you're younger, you know, you might like something for a month or two or right. maybe a year, but then after it was like several years and it's all I would talk about. And it was yeah. an example. It was like, wow, he, all right, that's his plan. This is the, sure. he's got his end goal for, for or at least awesome. the end goal to the beginning of a whole new goal, which is yeah. running the brewery and everything. Yeah. So here, as we record this, uh, late June, 2019, mm-hmm. Firemaker Brewing Company. Tell me where you are. What What's the... Uh, Tell me about the company as it stands now. Who's part of your team, and uh, what the the initial plans are right now for for FireMaker. So today or like this week, the yeah. plans are uh, doing this build out, getting the brewery ready. Yeah. Um, but uh, to talk about the team a little bit is uh, we've got two people who work uh, work for FireMaker, mm-hmm. and that's Rachel, our marketing manager, who yeah. you've met, 
and uh, also our head brewer, Tyler. And they're uh, both experienced in their industries. Uh, mm-hmm. Tyler, he's been a professional brewer for 12 years, I believe. He's worked in startups. He's also worked at big regional breweries. Yeah. Um, a real good guy, real smart. Um, uh, same as Rachel. They definitely, I wanted to hire people that challenged me. I didn't want just people that would be like, oh, that's a great idea. You know, <laughs> like you need people to tell you that's not a good idea. You need to listen to them. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and, you know, I don't, I don't, we've had, I'm looking at Rachel, sorry. <laughs> like, we've had tons of, you know, like conversations where, you know, one person's saying one thing and the other person's, you know, disagreeing. And, and what we always talk it through and we come up with the best plan, yeah. and the best course of action. Um, and I, th- I think that's how you have to be when you're a small company. Sure. Like you. And, and also you're, you're, you're hiring smart people. You, you, you want to listen to them. <laughs> like, yep. not just like, well, I think my ideas are the best. I'm like, no, I'm, yeah. I, I, I'm flexible. <laughs> I can yeah. change. And, uh, um, uh, so having them on the team has been a huge help. And also, uh, you can tell they're passionate about it because, you know, my day job is, um, building this brewery. Mm-hmm. So like, um, we do the video updates and, you know, our social media stuff that's done like late into the evening right. and stuff. And, uh, you know, they're, they're behind it. And then we'll, we'll all be texting each other late at night or, or early mm-hmm. in the morning. And, and, you know, uh, just things come out of left field while we're building. But, uh, to, to bring it back around, we are working on this, uh, build out and we are in the midst of it right now. Hmm. We, we have our tanks. Um, we've actually got them kind of stored and tucked away and then we're doing all like the, the bones of the construction right yeah. now where we're running plumbing and electricity, building out our tapering walls, which is cool because, you know, I designed the, the whole layout of the brewery, uh, pretty much completely. And hmm. it's neat to see these walls that I designed, you know, months ago yeah. like going up and now I can walk into the bathroom <laughs> or I can walk into the you know it's still open walls so you can see right. wiring and stuff everywhere but it's just it's just neat I remember Tyler coming in and being like oh hey we got bathrooms <laughs> I'm like yeah we do <laughs> can't use them but uh, we got those and uh, so we're in the we're in the bones of the construction inside the renovations um, and uh, in a few weeks we're going to be doing paint a little <laughs> bit of decor we're going to be placing our tanks where they're actually going to go and July is going to be more of like hooking up the brewing equipment. Mm. And uh, then we have to work on the parking lot, which is going to be a pretty big undertaking too. So, so yeah, we're, we're in the middle yeah. of it right now. I was happy to get away uh, yeah. just for a little while. Get a little breather. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and have a beer. Tell me, uh, tell me about the building and the location and, and how you settled on that and a little bit about the, the character of it. Okay. So... Yeah. Um, we're at, um, we're over near Topgolf off of Chattahoochee Avenue. Um, we're yeah. actually really close to Monday night, um, brewing and also Second Self and Steady Hand, uh, mm-hmm. kind of becoming a little brewery district over there on the yeah. west, uh, west side. And, um, it was a building I'd driven past, you know, a lot and it was just vacant. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, and I just kept driving past and I'm like, man, that'd be cool, you know, but I never saw mm-hmm. anything up and, you know, didn't have the ability to get it and stuff like that. Yeah. And then, um, um, long story short, uh, ended up having an opportunity to get the building <laughs> and we, uh, we, we jumped on, uh, getting that spot and knowing because it's, I mean, it's just right along Chattahoochee Avenue that the West side is just blowing up and it's really exciting for me because I've been going to the breweries around there, like at Atlanta Brewing, uh, formerly known as Red Brick, right. uh, Monday night, all on the, on the West side for years. And so now being in the, in the middle of it, in the heart of it. Sure. If you would ask me this years ago, I'd been like, no, no, I'll probably have a little, I'll have my homebrew set up right. and then that's it. Right. Uh, so, um, that's, I really wanted to be on the West side and I'm so glad we got that and the building sat vacant forever. So 
we, you know, got these 3D renderings of what it's going to look like once we finish. And, I've, you know, I've had to talk to, like, the different committees and neighborhood protective units in Atlanta, and everyone's been super supportive, especially when you show them a picture yeah. of what it looks like now and what you want to do to it yeah. and just kind of, you know, revitalize that, that area sure. of the building. So the building I couldn't find a lot of history on, but uh, um, I don't know. It's something now. So. Yeah, no doubt. Well, and we'll edit this part out if your answer is not correct, but are you using the family business for the build-out? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, okay. Absolutely. That's the right answer. Yeah. We don't have to edit that yeah, out. That's yeah. great. I, I actually work for them. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so, uh, Excellent. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. that's been super helpful. The, uh, the construction background growing hmm. up with it has been invaluable. Huge. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I keep mentioning, like, like my parents and my, my, uh, my brother and my family and, uh, like, their knowledge on it has just been because I've been in the alcohol industry for you know the last decade. Sure. Uh, now I grew up with it. I'm familiar with it. I get terminology, and you know I'm doing a good job. But having somebody to call who supports right. you and is excited is exactly say it's invaluable. Well, and I mean, you know, I think as entrepreneurs, we we access these previous experiences that contribute because there's not a one job that you can have that will prep you for running your own business right well so <laughs> you are uniquely suited to to do this because of your history of growing up and so the fact that that's come full circle and building out what will be your new livelihood and your your new business that's got to be a pretty cool feeling uh it it absolutely is and like i've yeah. been there you know i grew up working shoulder to shoulder with my dad and my brother and like yeah I've been out there with both of them, you know, working on stuff, and that's just a crazy, cool, <laughs> yeah. great feeling that you're Take like, some wow, pictures, this man. Is, oh, that's Rachel. <laughs> yeah. Rachel is all yeah. over. No, <laughs> like, that's yeah. awesome. Um, having like, you know, and then at the end of the day, you know, we crack a beer, sure, you know, in anticipation for our own yeah. beer. But uh, um, just being able to do that is is real. Yeah. Cool. And, uh, yeah. Sweet. Well, and and just think about you know. 50, 60 years down the line when you're showing your grandkids pictures of when you, Uncle, what's your brother's name? Uh, Josh. Uncle Josh and, you know, great grandpa. Yeah, oh yeah, you're <laughs> you know, right. Built a brewery. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, so, yeah, no, that's super cool. Um, that's a great I, image. I haven't yeah. Thought, yeah, that's that's so cool. Yeah, <laughs> and Rachel's making it all happen for you. You'll have video. Absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully YouTube's still a thing in 60 years. It'll be something you know. else. You know. Right, <laughs> exactly. Somebody will... I wonder if Google will be around in sixty years, or if they're oh, not. Like, man. if they're not like controlling this. <laughs> yeah, I'm just. Hoping, <laughs> I love Google. That's not I'm hoping problem. I'm around, you know, anywhere close to that, and we'll be good. But uh, FireMaker, the the name. Where's the name come from, Elliot? Um, FireMaker. I love this question. So, uh, <laughs> all right, fi- FireMaker. The fire in FireMaker is a. It's supposed to be that, that burning drive, that that passion that you have for setting goals and having dreams and, and, and achieving them. And a fire maker is somebody who, who goes out and, and does that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we want to be the beer that you're having while you're trying to pursue those long-term goals. Like I'm right now I'm in the midst of starting one that has been a long-term goal. <laughs> and also we want to be the beer you have when you celebrate. Like yeah. you don't open a brewery because you don't like to, you know, have a good time sometimes. <laughs> and, you know, what's the, the yeah. cliche? Like work hard, play hard. And stuff That's like right. That. Yeah. That's right. Um, but yeah, that's really where the name comes from, and it was always something about fire. And it's not just fire and just entrepreneurialship. It's it's fire in whatever you're doing, and uh, you know the, the it's it's whether it's going back to school or starting a band or, yeah. or starting your own business. It's it's what you can't help but do. 
Yeah. That's that's what it is. It's just in your blood. Whereas there's this cool parallel too with fire and entrepreneurship at its very core, right? Like the first entrepreneurs, the blacksmiths and the you know, the construction workers and the and the the uh, um, carpenters, you know, all of them work with fire in some shape or form or fashion. So that's cool that with your family background and now, you know, this kind of being your stamp. Yeah. Like that's, that's a piece of the puzzle. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. And, and, and like you're talking about fire, I mean, just it, it's the thing that made us be able to be society and yeah. things like that. So there was yeah. definitely, I'm a history buff, so I get into that nice. too. And yeah, like, yeah, well, what's kind of the thing that made it all happen? Right. <laughs> yeah. So, there you and, go. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> fire has some unique context for the city of Atlanta. Oh, uh, yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Both good and bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, anyhow. But you can you can always yeah uh, rebuild and, and, sure. and make yourself exactly. whole again. I guess. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so tell me about the plans for the coming months for you guys. What are what are the goals? You know, you talked about setting goals and, and really chasing after those. What are these immediate goals over the next, uh, you know, two, three months for you? Uh, well, we crossed off a big one today, which was super exciting. Uh, mm-hmm. Just And it, it, I know it probably seems boring to somebody who's listening, but mm-hmm. like our water meter application with the city. And city of Atlanta <laughs> has been super helpful. But uh, this water meter application we were getting was uh, very important. It took me a little while to do it, and we, we got it in now. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually before I came over here so that so that's neat um, but kind of bigger stuff is uh, like I said setting up the equipment yeah. um, we're gonna keep pushing marketing and uh, our social media a lot I yeah. uh, I think that is such it's the first time we've ever been able to directly communicate and more importantly get feedback from consumers yeah. from the people you're trying to reach and I hate using consumers as the term but you've never been able to do that I mean our parents and even us when we were younger, yeah. you watched a television commercial and that's it. That you were told, you know, right. this is, you know, now we get to like, so we want to do engagements. We want to do, you know, I think we've already done a raffle um, and, and giveaways. But not only that, like we want to ask people about like, what beers do you want us to brew <laughs> in the tap room and, and stuff like that. So anyway, so social media is going to be big for us. Of course, finishing the build out, working on the parking lot, hooking up the equipment. And uh, we've started designing beer recipes and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Tyler. And uh, so making sure we're all ready to go. With that, uh, those are the the, the big focuses, I yeah. guess. Do you have a target uh, opening date, or is that still kind of a, a, a moving target, as they say? Yes, um, yeah. moving targets perfectly. When we got the building permit, that allowed us to really set probably a, a month range. Sure. So we still are saying fall 2019, just in yeah. case. Uh, well, I was saying we have to work on the parking lot. If it rains all through July right. and all through August. Can't build a parking lot. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So we'll have to, uh, that will push us back. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's a whole plethora of stuff that could happen. And uh, I hope it doesn't. But if it does, we'll have to just um, go with it. Yeah. <laughs> Figure it out. But fall 2019, if I could choose, I mean, October, like early October. Sure. But we'll see. Might be November. Yeah. Well, I want to talk through the branding just a little bit more. I might be going going back and out of order, but oh, no. fire, the FireMaker name in place, then the fun part of, okay, building out your brand from there. What's your look and feel going to be? What was that process like for you? Did you enlist some help? Um, what? How did you settle on on the look and the, and the logo that you eventually came up with? Um, so FireMaker and then the, the Dragon, uh, they go, they really go hand in hand. And yeah. so I already kind of explained what 
you know, the fire and fire maker and stuff yeah. like that. The dragon, and this was definitely me and Tyler and Rachel uh, all working on this. And the dragon was, it's, it's easy to, you know, have an ambition, have a goal, have a dream and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But the dragon's that little reminder that you, you're in control of it. You have a choice. We, we say like run from the dragon or, or ride the dragon and you got to choose to pursue your goals and pursue your dreams, whether it's, say it's simply working out or whatever. Yeah. You got to choose to go work out versus mm-hmm. stay at home. Right. Or uh, if you, you know, if there's somebody sitting across the bar you'd love to chat with uh, <laughs> and you don't know them, you can either go home yeah. and, you know, wish you would have, or you can... Ride the dragon. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that dragon is supposed to be, sure, we all want to be fire makers and, and in a perfect world we would be but we're human and life happens and life has obstacles right. and you gotta keep pushing through them and sometimes that obstacle is as simple as talking to somebody yeah. uh, or or it's wow I've gotta fill out this paperwork just to get the one license sure. of 50 I need I need to do that instead of binge watch TV for four hours right <laughs> you know? right. so it's it's that constant choice or, or asking your boss for a raise or, or deciding to buy I mean, you've got equipment in here for, for your studio. This was all choices to buy this instead of buy some, a, a vacation you yeah. know, or, or whatever. You made sacrifices. What's what's a vacation? What's yeah, that? Exactly. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's having a night off. Right. <laughs> yeah, so. Exactly. So that's what the dragon is. And the, our, our, our branding is behind that because I, 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 that means a lot to me uh, hmm. specifically. And it was very important. And Tyler and Rachel have both been uh, super helpful with helping Build it. We did reach out to a uh, a company to help us design the logo. We knew what we were looking for. Yeah. Uh, we kind of had our, our, our overall overall idea, but um, uh, Rachel, help me out. Who was the person who's on the logo? Ryan. Yeah, Ryan I knew it. Yeah, and so we just wanted to do a shout out for that. Sorry, sorry, Ryan. I've, yeah. I've had like twenty meetings this week. <laughs> and my brain's fried. Uh, yeah. But uh, good Ryan job, was, Ryan. Yeah, he good was super job. helpful with that, yeah. and. Uh, um, really, I mean, he was great because he really sat and talked with us to really understand it before, right. like, designing it and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And, um, of course, you know, I've been in the industry a while, so I'm thinking about a few other things. I'm like, this has to look good on a pint glass, yep. on a shirt, on a metal yeah. tacker at a bar, on a tap handle. So there was elements of practicality. In sure, too, so. sure. And, you know, you talked about the different approaches you can take as a brewery. Have you honed in on what you guys' initial goals will be? Will you be super taproom focused? Will you uh, kind of take a distribution uh, approach from from the very beginning? Who is who is FireMaker going to be in its early days? Uh, FireMaker, we are uh, we are going to definitely have a uh, very dedicated taproom. Mm-hmm. We want people to come in. We want people to be able to experience. Uh, the tap room is the is it's the face of, of your brand, and yeah. uh, our tap room will will be in brand uh, accordingly, but uh, so the tap room will be a focus. We're going to have a lot of taps in the tap room too. We're looking at 30, 30 plus taps. Wow. Um, our our brewer is uh, very creative. We got a pilot system, <laughs> so we can do some off the wall stuff, also some very traditional stuff. But there'll be a beer for everybody there, and yeah. uh, you know maybe some some ciders, maybe some uh, some other things we're thinking about. So we'll have to see how that goes. But in addition to that, my background in, in distribution work. We're already talking to several distributors. Mm-hmm. Um, there, we, we've purchased a canning line, so we're going to be canning uh, in-house. Uh, oh, nice! Yeah, pretty much yeah, out of the gate. That's cool. um, we'll we'll have a little time to you know hone the recipes. We don't mm-hmm. want to put out you know um, a product that's not ready to be canned, 
And uh, yeah, so it will be in distribution. We're not looking for, you know, crazy distribution at first. Uh, I think uh, we want to kind of have that, you know, neighborhood feel. But in Atlanta, you'll definitely be able to purchase, you know, sure. at your local store or bar or restaurant. And yeah, yeah. Hope, hope y'all do. <laughs> well, this show being what it is, I do appreciate that there's a little ATL incorporated into yep. the uh, the logo there. Well done. Thank you. Yes. Uh, that was like a requirement. Yeah. Like there was no, like, <laughs> I, like there was That's no, awesome. uh, yeah. And then putting that in with the flame. Um, yeah. That was, cause you know, we were originally thinking about so many things. Like I, I think it works. I think it works well, but of course, you know, I'm close to it. But sure. It, it, putting ATL in there, it had to happen. No, it works beautifully, if you ask me. Thank you. I really appreciate that. <laughs> and, you know, I think there's something to when branding your company, um, a big part of your identity and who you are comes from your surroundings, right? And I think there's nothing more frustrating than looking at a brand or a company and like thinking to yourself, okay, where. Where did that start? Where's that from? Like, there's plenty of brands that you have no idea where they're from. But one thing I love about um, the companies that have been started in Atlanta is that, by golly, we are proud of our yeah. Atlanta-based companies. You're, you're, you know, you look at the wall behind you: Coca-Cola, Waffle the first thing House. I saw when I came in. You know, Home Depot, yeah. Chick-fil-A. Like, yeah, for, for y'all listening, there's an awesome mural that just has yeah. all these iconic uh, Atlanta uh, landmarks and. Um, inspiration it's, yeah. it's the first thing I noticed when I <laughs> right yeah. but you know taking that next step in ATL and the logo love it Thank so well, well played there but Elliot we are super excited to kind of watch you guys uh, go through this journey um, and we're definitely going to have you back on to, to tell us the good bad Thanks. and the ugly of that journey Thanks. but I want to leave with, with one, one more question and you know let it rip on this one. Don't hold anything anything back. All right. There's no secret that before entrepreneurs become entrepreneurs, idea phases are super romantic. And they are, um, you know, you always think about the best case scenario. Maybe in your case, you, you thought it through a little bit more than people like myself would have because you had the family background. But <laughs> it helped. <laughs> from before you started this thing to where you are now, I'm sure there's there's long days and there's stresses that come with starting a business but from a um like a, a job perspective or just you kind of feeling purposeful in what you're doing on a daily basis where are you how has this experience been for you even you know pre-launch you know by by a few months how's your how's your headspace where are you in that in that regard uh, that's that's a great question um it has been okay. So talking about romanticize and stuff like that. Yeah. When you're, when you have a job uh, with a different company, or when you're just homebrewing in your garage, <laughs> and you have this idea of like, well, when I do it, you know, I'll do it this way and, and whatever. And normally those pictures in your head, or the ones you tell friends about, is like <laughs> having a beer on the patio and you know going to a beer festival and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Those are the Instagram pictures, the highlight reel. They, they absolutely right? are. Yeah. yeah. But and what I hope we can show and and, and doing this as well. Is that it's, it's and that's why I'll answer pretty frankly, honestly. Is there there's, I mean, there's times you you wake up in the middle of the night and you go, oh my gosh, did I do that one thing? Or <laughs> oh, I have to write this down right now, or I'll forget. And, and not just like inspiration sparks, like it's yeah. just mundane stuff. Like yeah. we got to make sure to ship this out at this day, or or I got to make sure that you know, 
like I, I needed my chalk box and like, <laughs> like a chalk box to pop lines. I was like, I gotta get chalk, but I gotta meet it. Yeah. Just, it was little things like that. And I mean, the to-do list is real there. Yes. And, <laughs> but you ask about like how it feels and there are stresses and, and I don't think anybody builds anything by themselves. I, I really don't believe that. Even if it's, even if no one actually helps you, you read a book, you, you, yeah. you, you, you practice something, you read a blog somewhere, sure. whatever, but like, like my wife, uh, has been a huge, uh, support. We, uh, I mean, there's long nights and you know, you're, you're also having to live, you know, your normal life mm. as, as well. So uh, it's great having that support. Um, but there are long days. There's, I mean, there's very long days yeah. and there's not glamorous stuff either. Like <laughs> when I'm in there sweeping up and, uh, or, or, or like, <laughs> uh, moving the porta john on the yep. job site. Like that is, right. I was thinking about that. Like, yep, this is what an entrepreneur does. <laughs> like, yeah. or, uh, um, but it's, I don't know if it's, if it's all a part of a bigger thing, it, it means something. I, when we first yeah. set up the walls, uh, it was the first time I saw like what I'd been creating <laughs> and I, went there after work, after meeting, after doing construction all day and the meeting with the team at the brewery. Um, I went there and it was already like eight o'clock and I started laying out these, the bar. Because <laughs> the bar, you know, is where everybody's going to come. It's where they're going to get their beer and I want it to be as perfect as it can. It never yeah. will be. Um, but I was there till like 1130 or like mm. pushing midnight and I got home and I was just exhausted and I missed dinner and everything like that. And, uh, but when you go to sleep, you, you, f- there's a, sense of purpose uh, yeah there is a uh, uh just a pride that you're, hmm. you're doing the thing you, you really want to do and it has taken so long to get there and when, when you're doing it yourself uh it, it feels feels good you every, know? every step is meaningful uh, absolutely yeah. even rolling a quarter down to keep up with elliot rachel tyler and the whole firemaker team head to firemakerbeer.com or follow them on social at Firemaker Beer. And stay tuned to this season of Atlanta Born and Brand as we follow the team through their journey and the launch of Atlanta's newest brewery. Atlanta Born and Brand is a production of Connects Media. We're a full-service digital media company focused on helping small businesses tell their story in the most effective way they can. If you're looking to tell the story of your business, we'd love to help. You can find us at connectatl.com. Special thanks go out to Chris Hilliard, Joshua Pruitt, Mackenzie Bates, and our families who make it all possible. Stay tuned to the show for more stories from the city's top startups and small businessmen and women. You can do that by subscribing in Apple Podcasts or wherever else you happen to be listening. If you like the show, we'd really appreciate a review and a rating. And of course, share it with your friends. Keep up with the show on social media. We're ATL Born Brand on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also like our Atlanta Born and Brand Facebook page. Finally, you can find all the previous episodes of the show on our website, atlborn.com. For Atlanta Born and Brand and Connects Media, I'm Jonathan Hilliard. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you all soon.